We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Uh, here to talk about some free agency moves. Obviously, the Chargers weren't super active today, uh, but we'll talk about everything that they did do over the last couple of days and, and kind of what happened around the league. So joining me today are my guys, Tyler and Arjun. Alex is uh, unavailable for this evening, so it's just the three of us. Arjun, that being said, how you doing, man? Doing great. I'm um, excited to you know just talk about what's what went on today for the Chargers and you know what went on throughout the league. So excited to be back. Yeah, it was a crazy day for the league. Obviously, Chargers, like I said, not super active, but uh, we'll still have lots to talk about. So uh, Tyler is here as well. Tyler, how you doing, man? Doing very well. I've decided I'm going to become a long snapper and try out <laughs> for the Chargers so I can get some long-term security and big bonuses and big money. Uh, I won't say exactly what, but Arjun has been very, very busy. Um, it's very exciting stuff that I'm sure he can't talk about, but really cool stuff. So Arjun, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, Arjun's crushing it over here. So um, yeah, I uh, I have to say the long snappers, man. Like I uh, I was our team's long snapper back in the day. Our, our, our coach really didn't believe in punting or kicking field goals all that much. So it was never really used, but I uh, kind of wish I would have stuck with that, man. Should have stuck That's with a, it, man. Should have stuck <laughs> with it, for sure. Um, obviously, the Chargers signed uh, Josh Harris from the Falcons, Pro Bowl long snapper. Somebody asked me for a film breakdown. I know it was kind of a joke, but uh, he's a Pro Bowler, I guess. That's really all I know. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about really kind of what happened around the league because, you know, a couple hours ago, Von Miller gets the six-year deal. I know, I know there's going to be like probably three void years or whatever have you, but uh Raiders get Chandler Jones so all these teams of course loading up on pass rushers that of course will affect the Chargers at some point now within the division you have the Broncos with Rennie Gregory and um Bradley Chubb the Raiders with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and then whatever the hell the Chiefs do outside of Chris Jones so um lots to talk about there and of course that leaves the Chargers with a, a much bigger hole at right tackle than we had previously kind of anticipated in this division. Morgan Moses, of course, signing with the Baltimore Ravens. So there's a that one hurt, man. That one really did hurt because Morgan Moses has like a $2.5 million cap hit this year. 
which I absolutely would have done. Again, there's always things that go into these decisions, right? Like maybe he wanted to stay on the East Coast or, or whatever. Um, but the Chargers right tackle solutions are drying up. So, Tyler, what do you kind of make of that, uh, really what happened around the league in the AFC West and how the Chargers can kind of solve that right tackle position? I want to just trade myself and the entire team into the <laughs> NFC because holy right? cow, like the Bills, I mean, everyone is just loading up right now on talent. And unfortunately, the AFC West, you know, we've already talked about it. It's ridiculous. The rest of the AFC is going to be ridiculous. It is nice that the Chargers are beginning their window, so they don't have to do everything right now to beat the Bills and the Chiefs right now. Like they do have three right. years, obviously more, but they do have a nice three-year window to get this done. So you don't have to completely panic. But boy, the right tackle situation right now. First of all, we were barely sure that Brian Balaga was going to be cut. Like we were sure, <laughs> sure. but we were tick that clock was ticking down and we got a little bit worried. He was cut, and now we're hearing that you know they're high on Trey Pipkins, which they've, they've said before. But it, again, it wouldn't surprise me to see him you know, compete with a third round pick for a spot at this point, you know, if with Morgan Moses gone and nothing really else out there, they kind of have to go with right tackle at 17 unless they find a way to, you know, trade or some sort of miracle happens where there's a post draft cut or something or, or a cut we don't anticipate, but they're kind of stuck with right tackle. At, like, this is what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want them to get stuck with right tackle at 17. And that's basically what they're stuck with right now. Otherwise it's Trey Pipkins and a third round pick for starting for the right tackle spot or and storm Norton. He's got tendered, but come on. So <laughs> they're, they're stuck. Like they need, they need to do something. Even if it's Dennis Kelly, who I admit was not a long-term solution, not even really a two-year solution, but they have to do something because the idea of like, I don't know, David Ojabo being on the board at 17 and they have to take Bernard Raymond because they don't oh. have a right tackle and there's nothing better out there and they just can't start Trey Pipkins. That's an awful situation. So they got to figure out something very quickly, trade, sign, restructure this person to go get another person or whatever, because it's going to get really ugly. And the Chargers are facing very good pass rushers, which they already were. And we saw that affect them so much last year. And now it's just going to get worse in the AFC. Yeah, I was I had to laugh because Field Yates was like, Oh, the AFC West, like you need a right tackle now. And it's like, no, no, you always you always have needed both tackles, man. Like every team yeah. that goes into a long playoff run needs two quality tackles. Like you know, it's not like the Chiefs just had Eric Fisher. They also had Mitchell Schwartz. You know what I mean? So um, the the teams, really every team, you need two quality tackles. And I think if you do, that's such a huge advantage. So um, now with your you facing all these pass rushers twice a year, like you have to be aggressive to fix this solution. You can't wait until next year to try and find your long-term guy. So, um, you know, there's a couple of comments in here about Darrell Williams that of course, would be preferable to several options out there. I think he's a quality tackle. I think Billy Turner is a fine option. Dennis Kelly's a fine option. But you can't just go into the into the draft and be like, okay, well, we're just going to wait and see what happens. You know, I would even prefer to take Jordan Davis over Bernard Raven, man. Like that's like that's how bad that like, I I don't think he's ready, and I don't I'm not really interested in uh, drafting a right tackle who's a 25 year old project. Trevor Penning's not going to be there. You know, he's getting legitimate top 10 buzz right now. So the draft really is just not a solution with, for me. So uh, they need some flexibility desperately at that position. Uh, mentioned a couple names. Like I said, Billy Turner. You know, we know that they love the former Green Bay Packers offensive lineman. I wouldn't be opposed there. Um, Scott Questenberry, who just signed with the Houston Texans. His brother plays right tackle. 
So those are really those solutions out there. And then Lyle Collins is really kind of the best one, you know, on the market. Of course, you probably have to trade for him. But, man, the, the right tackle position right now is it's bleak. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, like, I think the point that, you like, you just can't go into the draft with this huge hole at right tackle. You're not even picking high. And, like, I know 17 to 13 isn't that big of a jump, but, like, it, there are some like size, like some teams who could jump up and take a tackle within that top 17. And like, you don't want to yeah. be in a situation where like, like you have like Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave. And like you said, Bernard Raymond, like, like, and you're stuck to like, to take best player available, uh, best player available at a position of need. Like you don't want that in the first round. That's how you get stuck with like reaches. And that's ultimately where you'll see some like sunk cost fallacies with the draft. And it's just, it's not where you want to be. So like I said, like Steven said, cheap option. You could, you know, trade for Lyle Collins. Like, I really don't know what his trade value is worth. I, like, I don't think he's worth a third. If you they throw a fourth for him, I mean, that's still pretty good. I, I understand, like, he's still kind of young. Um, but, you know, with him, like, you're, you're putting him in a new scheme. Even, but out of all the tackles, I would say he fits the Chargers scheme the best, especially the run scheme. Because the Cowboys and the Chargers ran almost an equal percentage of inside outside zone and uh, man run uh, concepts. So yeah, they they do have to fill that hole at some point. But I am confident that it is part of their priority. Like I, Staley wants to be a trenches team. There, there's no way in hell he's going to training camp with Storm Norton or at least the draft with Storm Norton at right tackle. Yeah, I know everybody was was reacting strongly to Storm Norton getting tendered yesterday. I, I expect him to be a training camp body. Like to me, this still the most likely solution or outcome here is that you sign one of these veterans. Maybe you still trade for Lyle Collins, and then you draft another development, you know, right tackle, very similar uh, solution like they did last year with Ode Abushi and Brendan Hymas. So. I, I expect them to make a move, right? Like they're not going to just go run it back with Storm Norton and, and then or see what you have in Trey Pipkins. I just don't see that happening, especially with all these pass rushers coming into the AFC West. So, um, I mean, Storm was basically free, like he's $890,000 for this season. So you might as well keep him for depth and then, you know, see what you get in, in terms of a competition again in the fall. So, um I don't know, man. It, it's bleak. Like I think Billy Turner is certainly an upgrade, but then you're kind of wading into the no man's land. Well, what if the third round pick or whatever that you draft also just kind of doesn't have it? Then next year you're back on this same table where you have to get a right tackle of the future again. So, uh, I mean, I hate to rain on everybody's parade. Like today was a really good day. I mean, the Mac became official and everything, but the future of right tackle is concerning to me. Yeah, I think the best thing you have to do, I think that you can do if you really want to fix the problem and not just like ah, Dennis Kelly, which is a stopgap. You really want to fix it. And you really want to get Collins. Then just like the whole theme of the last two years, Telesco has to do something that he has not done. And it's not trade for Collins. You could, He will have to trade for him. But after that, trade back. You have to trade back. Like there are options, scenarios, look them. With the Saints, you know, you get their like third or whatever. And with the this team, you get their, the Steelers, you get their fourth. With the yeah. Lions trade back to 32 and get both their third round picks, you know, whatever you give up in that trade for Collins, get it back with a trade back immediately because now you have corner, edge, and right tackle figured out. Go get a wide receiver at 32. I don't care. Go get Christian Watson at 32. Go get George Pickett's at 32. Whatever you want. You know, I think that's just the way they have to go. Like, if they actually want to solve it, 
if Collins is available for even a third round pick, even a second round pick next year, I don't care. Trade back, right? Go back to 32 or give up a pick next year, whatever. Get it done because they're just we're just they're out of options. Like the options are basically off the table. It was a very small market as is. And now at 17, they're just stuck with. Eh. So, <laughs> you know, they got I'm, I'm on board with the Collins thing. I wasn't before as much because I figured they could find you know, some other way to solve it. But it just I don't know, man, the, the AFC West, the AFC is looking too tough. Now you, you got to get a second legitimate tackle. Yeah. And I, I see what you're saying earlier, right? Like this, the timeline necessarily isn't like Super Bowl or bust this year specifically. But, you know, at some point in the playoffs, once you get there, you are going to have to have a quality right tackle to go up against all these guys, right? Like it's not just the division now. I mean, now you have the Buffalo Bills who were the number one team in the league in pressure rate, and they just added Vaughn Miller. And, you know, it's just like down the list, right? Like what if you have a rematch with the Broncos in the playoffs? What if you have a rematch with the Raiders in the playoffs? So not to say the Raiders will get there, but, you know, you have all these great pass rushers in the AFC. Everybody in terms of quarterbacks and pass rushers is leaving the NFC and then all come to the AFC. So at some point you you can you you have to have a quality right tackle. I think the Chargers can survive a season with Billy Turner or Dennis Kelly at right tackle, but when you get into those playoff games and every single matchup matters, then you and you go up against these teams with two quality pass rushers, that's a huge advantage. So, um, you know, another people ask somebody saying about Darrell Williams again, like that's, I feel like that's probably not as clean of a scheme fit, but honestly, like anything, I was kind of, kind of joking about trading a future first round pick for Lyle Collins, but honestly, man, like go be aggressive, go make that move happen. I don't think it will, will cost a first round pick, but I mean, what are the chances of a first round pick turning into a better player than Collins? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. yeah and like yeah sorry you know tyler no i had nothing valuable to say <laughs> you know i i mean look i i know where steven's coming from with with the first round pick i mean look he's not worth the first rounder if we're being honest i understand where you're coming from right. i would i would make like based on what they have been doing aggressive like and their aggressiveness level in the free agent and trade market i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they flipped a fourth like next year for him or they flipped their fourth this year. I mean, they have a boatload of picks. They don't like, not all of them are probably going to make the roster. So, you know, like it's not the worst thing in the world to flip a fourth or, or even like a third next year or something for, for Lyle to shore up a problem that is going to get exposed. I mean, we all knew the right tackle situation was going to get exposed when Balaga went down. And like, even when Balaga was healthy, I mean, there was no guarantee that he was going to be good again. So there's no way I see Staley heading into Again, heading into the draft with Storm Lord and atop the depth chart, I'm just curious to see what their priorities are now, given that, like, okay, the first wave of free agents is done, the second waves and all the big names are gone, and, like, now your Chargers still have a decent amount of cap space. Now what do they do? I think that's the interesting part going forward. Yeah, so a couple of people mentioning the off-field things with Lyle Collins. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily hold what happened last year with, like, the – the drug test or whatever, which he said was kind of BS about uh, him missing games or him having a false PED test. I mean, I, I don't think that's something that really qualifies for like an off-field concern. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, it's tough to say how this franchise, I, like I do think 
and more lenient moving forward. But I do want to see, a co- well, not that I want to see them take more guys with off the field issues or concerns, but like, right. <laughs> I want to see, a, I want to see a couple more before I realize it's a, it's like a pattern. I, I do think they're open to these certain things, but I do like that in particular seems a little bit more extreme, I guess, because it seems like a repeat thing. Or he, there's a couple of things. What made him fall in the draft? Oh, he was supposed to be like a first know. round pick, and he fell to like the fifth or sixth. No, that I don't know. Knows. But um, I mean, he's so before this season, he played in 16 games three years in a row. So somebody said that he was always injured or always out or Brian Malaga 2.0. I mean, up until the suspension last year, he had played all 16 games three years in a row. <laughs> so don't really know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he just dunked. You on okay, him. Arjun? <laughs> no, I, I, he just dunked. You just dunked on him, like <laughs> perfect. <laughs> the heck? Okay. Um, yeah. Interesting. Accused so, do we do him. we want to talk about how how Josh Whoa. Harris? How? What happened? Collins was under murder accusations. What is that I really real? I want to live and say he was not guilty. Obviously, or <laughs> else <laughs> he'd be in prison right now. Well, you know, there are plenty of people. Uh, so yeah, okay, interesting. I mean, don't laugh, Tyler. Yeah. So, so do we want to talk about how the Chargers reset the long snapper market? <laughs> is that a thing? They reset it. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I saw the contract. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Jo- I don't Josh know Harris is currently number one in APY among all long snappers and number one in total guarantees among all long snappers. What the hell? Like, how? How does that contract even come? Like, how does that make it to the war room? Like, how does how, how does a long snapper resetting the market make it to Ed McGuire and Tom Telesco's, like, desk? I'm confused. Oh, you're yeah, right. people you're are right. upset about them signing, like it just in general going after a long snapper. And it's like, I don't, that's not the like they need one. Like you do need to pay one. Yeah, but the worst thing. Yes, I, I mean, it's interesting that they would go after. First of all, there's a whole different Falcon special team where I would love to have. Uh, for a <laughs> deal, but unfortunately, they went after the. Uh, yeah, that that I would have completely paid whatever for. But I don't know. It, it is nice for them to have some long. Like of all the things to go after, like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what makes someone a Pro Bowl long snapper? Like, does oh anybody gosh. know? I didn't realize he was 33. Collins? Josh a Harris. He's 33, yeah. So he's 20 years younger than Overton? <laughs> was Overton, he was 39, right? Yeah, he was like late 30s. Look, as long as we don't have any more blocked punts this season, like, I, he'll be worth it. It's only like... Like the difference Does he is contribute like, to that. Overton, I mean, did, yeah, Overton, Overton the, was the, one on the blocks. Yeah. yeah, the older guys do. Oh. I'm pretty sure, right? Interesting, but I don't know. Um, but but it, it is nice for them to have guys for a steady period of time. Again, them going up to a Pro Bowl long snapper is strange. But you have him, Neiman. You know, all three years, Rump for three years, Hopkins for three, the long yeah. snapper for four. Probably get punter for another four. So, yay. St- stable special teams, I guess. <laughs> hey, is, is Josh Jacobs moving? Is, what's the scoop with that? 
I think he's just changing his number. Oh. Oh, he's changing his number. I Is think just going back to going back to his roots. Raiders fans don't be mad. Like, it's not asking for a trade or anything. And oh, you know, you know how that. Yeah, he just said like I'm going back to my roots. Like, I mean, people are assuming trade and it kind of, but it doesn't make sense. Like, McDaniel's country and the Patriots. Patriots love Alabama running backs. <laughs> so yeah, that is very yeah. true. Okay, so Overton is going to be 37 in July. Um, Josh Harris will be 37 at the end of this contract, I think, if I'm reading this correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's his actual cap it? Do we know yet? Like, uh, I have it on a tweet. Well, like 1.3 or something. Around I like how we got uh, long snapper details before we got Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson details. So I can read what Aaron Wilson wrote. I don't know how the contract is structured, but it says Josh Harris's uh, Chargers deal four years, five point six million salaries, one point one two million guaranteed, and then the four years are one point one six five, one point two one, one point two five five, then eight hundred thousand dollar signing bonus, one point nine two million total guaranteed. Is okay, it four so years? Over the one, cap two, passes, one point one two. Over the cap passes, cap it up, and it's one point three million dollars for this year. Sure. So it's not, he has it's the not same bad. cap hit. He has the same cap hit as Trey Pipkins, for what it's worth. <laughs> and then just um, throwing them out there. <laughs> yeah, Chase Daniel with the same cap hit as Morgan Moses this year. Yeah, it's like, oh my god! Not his fault. <laughs> like you do have to pay your backup quarterback, but like, yeah. Ugh. Is that official yet? Do we have his cap hit right now? I think he's just one for two point five, right, or something like that. Yeah, it's like two point five. Have, he would have, it would be like bonus, like it would be incentivized, right? It wouldn't be a two point five all guaranteed, right? Probably not. I mean, I, reporters do an awful job of tweeting about contracts, so like whatever they send is like it doesn't yes. really, never really adds up. For being honest, yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be interesting. I mean, Ryan Ficken, we knew that he was going to be heavily involved in the roster construction. So, you know, he gets uh, Dustin Hopkins on an extension. Now he gets the the long snapper of his choice, I guess. Maybe he values long snappers a little bit more. I don't really know really how that works, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I I do have to say, you know, shout out to Matt Overton, handling it like a true pro, tweeting about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely did not have to do that. And, you know, sh- good, good on Tom Teleska for reaching out to him as well. So. Uh, definitely shout out to Matt Overton. Definitely. Um, so everyone that's been on our show is still with the team except Overton. So we'll see what the bushy to see what our uh, our hit rate is. Right. Parham. That- oh, Anderson. We'll see with Anderson. We'll see with Anderson. Yeah. Guyton. Here we go. Guyton. There you go. Gak bump. He was the he was the OG Gak bump uh, in terms of statistics. You know, we yeah. Had, we, had Ander- yeah. we got the Gak bump for Anderson in terms of a, a larger role, but uh, Guyton was the first one for uh, <laughs> bigger stats. Um, so lots of people talking about this in the chat. So I figured we we can discuss this as well. Um, I think Pedro was the first one to ask it. If not, I'm I'm sorry for whoever it was. Uh, but he asked, what if Staley plans to move Filer to right tackle and Hymas to left guard? So I, I think 
this was certainly an option that they discussed when they signed Matt Filer. And, you know, there was some talk, particularly about like Brandon Thorne and Robert Mays, that um, Filer was better at right tackle than guard and things like that. But I think Filer had a very, very good season at guard. And I also think that the team pretty clearly wants him to stay at guard. I think if they really wanted to shift Matt Filer to tackle, it would have happened. Like they went through three right tackles and they didn't switch Matt Filer over there. So um, I feel like if your intention for Matt Filer was to sign him and have him be like the right tackle of the future or whatever, then that probably that move probably would have happened as soon as Brian Balaga went down, right? No, I completely agree because while you want to keep the, you know, everyone's working together, he's used to Slater, he's used to Lindsley, uh, you know, but you have the whole season ahead of you. So it, it would take some adjustment. By the time you get to midway through the season, it should be no problem. I would at least hope for someone who has been a right tackle and is a veteran. So, yeah, that would have been it. I mean, I think either Staley or Telesco or someone came out and, and said as much like he's like, that's an option for us if it comes down to it, but that's not our first option. And with basically the same group of guys outside of Questenberry, which which shouldn't have changed anything, you know, I think that's going to be the same case moving forward. Hymas is the interesting one for me because them letting go of Questenberry, I, I personally think Questenberry probably thought he had a better shot to eventually start anywhere else with, than with the Chargers behind Corey Lindsley. Sure, so, you know, he he's allowed to go wherever he wants. That's what he wanted to do. Um, so that he picked the Texans because um, they're you know they're a winning team. They beat the Chargers anyway. He wanted. <laughs> His brother's uh, there, right? Isn't his brother like the fullback or the long snapper there? Oh, there's another one? Yeah, there's three. Oh, jeez. I don't know. Um, but Hymas, again, I, I always go back to the, what you pointed out, Stephen. You, we were sitting in the stands. Like, Hymas was taking snaps at center. And I yeah. think they just needed a body to snap to stick or whoever it was. But, like, he was there as a center snapping. I don't recall him doing it during... Like seven on sevens or warm ups. It was just like the snap to exchange or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, like they always send out all the quarterbacks at once. They all and all the centers, mm -hmm. you know, right. And they all do their warm up thing. And so that's when Hymas was doing that. And then even with the position drills, um, he was still working with the centers. He was kind of floating back and forth between centers and guards. So maybe mm -hmm. they kind of view him as like this utility player. Maybe he is the backup center. I do agree that this is going to be something that's very interesting to keep an eye on because, you know, Staley, I think outright said when they, and he was asked about not playing Hymas after uh, Matt Filer was injured for that one game. He pretty much said like, we don't think he's ready yet. We think he's a guard. And that's why they played Senor Calamente instead of him, which is still a disaster decision, in my opinion, but um, I don't know. That's going to be, a, that's definitely gonna be something to keep an eye on throughout the off season to see if they sign a center, obviously we'll, we'll get that. Or if they draft a center, we'll get that answer. But, um, you know, I mean, it doesn't hurt Hymas's ability or, or value if he can also be a quality center. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious what they'll do. I, I mean, I guess they could bring Schofield back and have Hymas as a backup center or both or whatever. I guess that wouldn't be the worst interior depth ever. Still odd though. I'd like them to go get a, an official center. I mean, this guy was playing right tackle, then guard, then left guard, then center. Like, I'm glad you can do everything. That's great. But, you know, I guess we can take Kenyon Green in the first round or something, but or Zion Johnson. I don't know. But, um, ah, it's so weird. I just, I'd I'm, rather, I'm bummed. I'd rather that, do that than do with Bernard Raymond, man. 
Yeah, Green <laughs> would not be that bad. Um, I don't know. I just hate the fact that they have to. They have their first round pick, which they might have to burn on a lineman, and their next pick's not to the third round, which they probably are like. I don't know. Wide receiver, corner. I mean, I I could see him going linebacker, unfortunately, because Telesco finds a way in the third round, tight end. So now you're getting to the fourth, fifth round, and there's your backup center where you could have just had Questenberry. And again, Questenberry could have gone wherever, but it's like you just keep having that. We're forcing ourselves again to draft another lineman here, which isn't the worst thing, but I want them to be able to you know, get best player available. And if they have to go heading in the first, a center, a backup center in the fourth or fifth, you know, like another Hymas, then you're already using two of your picks, your two of your premium picks. That's kind of a bummer that he left. Arjun, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think center is probably a tough position to like transition from college to the NFL. It is. It I is. mean, Corey Lindsay. Hymas never played center in college. Hymas was a tackle yeah. in college, so. <laughs> so that makes it even tougher. But like, and Lindsley's one of the best in the business. Like, I'm sure he'd be a great mentor. But like, if if you have a rookie center in, does that mean Justin Herbert's calling out the pass protections? Because didn't did Justin Herbert call out the pass pros when Feeney was center in his rookie year? Uh, you know? I think it was Feeney. I think it was Feeney. Okay, well, I think Herbert would do a better job than Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so if you have the rookie, if, okay, if you have the rookie center, and then Herbert's the one probably calling the pass pros and everything like he's smart enough. Like, I think you'll pick it up. You can pick it up at some point in his career, especially when Lindsley has to leave. But yeah, that's, that's definitely a situation where like, you'd want Q to be back on like a really cheap deal. But um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say why he might not start in Houston, but um, you know, I don't, I don't know what their center situation is there. Maybe you can talk about it off stream, but, uh, but yeah, obviously like sucks to see him go, but um, <laughs> I'll tell you guys later. All right, <laughs> we got uh, Arjun Menster over here with uh, all the scoops going on. So, um, yeah. All right, we'll move on. We have a question from Herm uh, Hermdogger to one super chat question. Uh, Hooper at tight end overpriced. So obviously the Browns did release him. Um, the Chargers did tender Donald Parham, and we I had kind of figured and pieced together that the team would want to have a veteran tight end in front of Parham and McKitty and, you know, either replacing Jared cook and that could have that slot flexibility that, that they seem to like. So Hooper could certainly fit what they want. I don't really know what he's going to be projected to, to cost at this point. Uh, certainly did not live up to the contract that Cleveland signed him to uh, when they made him, I think like the third highest paid tight end in the league. Um, so, Arjun, I'll start with you here. What are your thoughts on uh, the Chargers signing Austin Hooper? I mean, it would have to be for the right – yeah, it'd have to be for the right price. And, like, I, like, whatever Jared Cook got last year, I mean, he kind of lived up to, to the contract we paid him to. Obviously, it would have been nice for him to hold on to a couple more balls and, like, finish his routes now and then. But, I mean, Hooper's not, like, a bottom barrel tight end. Like, he's a top, like, 20 tight end. I think that's fair to say. Um, but it would have to be for the right price. And like Browns ran a, I'm pretty sure a wide zone heavy scheme. Chargers are primarily zone outside mixed with inside. So like he would have experience in the, in the run scheme. Um, I'm not too sure if he's athletic enough to like, kind of be like a 
a diverse tight end in the in the tight end room because like Anderson's the do it all, McKitty's more the the why, uh, Parham, you know, obviously the the receiving guy, and like Cook was the athletic guy. I don't think Hooper fills Cook's role. Maybe they carve out a new role for Hooper, but um, it would have to be for, at the right price. And like I don't know if there is a good price for the Chargers to pay. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm curious what Everett is going to command at this point. I'm curious what um, like Hooper would obviously command. Um, Howard, did they announce what his deal was yet? It's like 3.5 yeah. incentives up to five. Really? He signed one for 3.5 incentives up to five. I'm pretty sure. I think that's Whoa. what. That's really inexpensive. Interesting. So like I know Uzama got less than I would have expected, but Howard getting that little is... Interesting. Wait, wait. You thought um, Uzama was gonna get? You thought Uzama was thought, gonna get more than eight? Sorry. I, you, no, no. Like, like so. Okay, so because everyone else got tagged and like you know, yeah. Got like I guess no one knew because there was no new deals, but like everyone is everyone like Schultz, Njoku, Gaseki. They're all like, oh, you know, twelve million or something like that. And so I figured Uzama wouldn't come down like so much lower. At I think it was like seven and a half APY or eight million APY, whatever it was. Um, but wow, Howard that low. I didn't expect that. Um, but to me, like looking over the stats, I know that's not everything, but I'm not going to look at the film until I, I see the player join the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Like he's right next to Jared Cook in drop rate. He's, I think, below him in yards after the catch. You know, I think he's had like three missed tackles for us last year. Like to me, just if Hooper's going to ask for a good chunk of money, I hate to say it, I'd rather just go back to Jared Cook at that point. Like there's nothing there statistically that's like, Oh man, he's there. Whereas, like, okay, Gerald Everett, top five in drop rate, being a good thing, pretty solid yards after the catch, a coaching connection, sure, but that's probably a little bit more pricey. But I'd rather just spend a tiny bit more for that than go for Hooper and just end up kind of with Jared Cook again, possibly, and not really sure that you can move him the same way. Yeah, so it looks like we had Alex in the chat here earlier. I don't know if he's still in here, but uh, he said, hold on to balls, LMAO. Whatever you are into, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he couldn't be here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't really necessarily see it being as an upgrade. I, I think Austin Hooper is, is kind of fizzled out in the league. Um, he could certainly get another deal. But I, I think at this point, I would pref- I would just prefer Gerald Everett or a rookie. Like I think a rookie, obviously much more cost effective. But um I don't know, man. Like, I, I just got the vibe from Tom Telesco's press conference that they would be interested in in the veteran market. And then, you know, of course, that was before all of the tight ends got franchise tagged. And then, you know, we had the Panthers guy get, you know, $6 million or whatever. So maybe he just kind of turned on the market. But um, we'll have to see. I, I do think that we'll see whoever, like, whatever happens, like, I think Donald Parham is going to take a step forward in terms of his passing role. I think Trey McKitty is very capable capable in that regard as well. So maybe not necessarily a huge need. Maybe that can kind of afford them some flexibility to draft another guy. Um, but it is going to be interesting because you, you you presumably have like four spots that you want there. You ha- like Arjun was saying. So you have kind of your your big slot receiver, um, your hybrid of everything, and Donald Parham, your block, your F tight end that they call in. in uh, Trey McKitty and then your H back hybrid. So in Steven Anderson, who might be back, might not be back. So it is going to be interesting to see what they do with this position. They seemingly want two more bodies there. Um, 
I don't know. Like, there's not really many options outside of Gerald Everett that I'm interested in uh, in adding in terms of free agency. I joked Kyle Rudolph, but at this point, they're almost down to it. I think that I think they have to drop one at this point. Like they just find a receiving. Sure, he sucks. I hope he sucks at blocking. But find a receiving weapon in the draft you can use for some sort of juice as some sort of pass catcher. Even if he sucks at blocking, doesn't matter. That's what you have two other tight ends for. So round again, round four, round five. Find a guy who just catches. Who's the who's the converted quarterback who is tearing up the Shrine Bowl? Go get that guy. I don't know where he's supposed to go in the draft, but go get him. Is that Woods? Jelani no, Woods? it's is it. I don't remember being Woods. Uh, is there film on Jelani Woods? Uh, I have not looked the tight end film yet. No. Okay, if there's film on Jelani Woods, it's not him. <laughs> Brett, Brett Coleman says there's no film on him. Okay. We trade a first so, for Mark Andrews. Yeah. A first for Mark Andrews? I mean... A first absolute. I, I think there are very few players in the league that are actually worth a first round pick, and I, I think Mark Andrews is a fantastic player, but uh, no. And the no. Ravens are not trading him. He's Mark Andrews is target number one in Baltimore. So, <laughs> Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I think it's. I think in terms of the tight ends, like the best course of action, like Tyler is alluding to here, is re-sign Steven Anderson to have that H-back role taken care of and then draft uh, Dulcich or Jelani Woods or somebody like that to be that receiving tight end. And so um, somebody asked about Gabe Neighbors. He's not a free agent, but again, there's no point in keeping him around if Steven Anderson is also around. Like that just, it, it wasted a roster spot all season long and made no sense to me ever. Uh, a certain defensive back is not coming to the Chargers. I'll say that much. Huh? I'll send it to you in the private chat. Okay. Whatever. Um, there was something else I wanted to talk about. So, All right. Let me look at this private chat really quick. Oh, that's Archie can't see it. No, I can. I got expect it. Oh, you can. That's no, what I, that's what I, that's what I expected. Also, when you said it, so. right, right. <laughs> Someone said Gabe Neighbors got paid one million to eat Herbert's brisket. <laughs> I mean, being friends with the quarterback is uh, yeah, that's pretty all. important. Okay, no, fuck it. I got it off my chest. Not the DB thing. I was free- okay. You know how I love Bobby Holly, right? And we all love Bobby Holly because that was an amazing <laughs> thing. Arjun, you can probably think you completely missed that part of our lives. Uh, but boy, did, yeah. dude, he was so good. And I heard uh, just, just having conversations that he was destroying people in practice. Like he's a legitimate, amazing fullback. And they cut him for a brisket boy. I'm so mad. Apparently he was <laughs> legit. <laughs> Freaking a, What's man. so confusing about the whole Gabe Neighbors, Bobby Holly thing is that like Bobby Holly 100% was an Anthony Lynn fullback. Yes. And, Gabe neighbors, Gabe neighbors is like your fullback that the Chargers kind of want to use, like your H back tight end fullback hybrid kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I never really got that decision. Again, this is bringing up old feelings, but I, I never understood why Anthony Lynn would not want to keep Bobby Holly around. Like that seemed like 100% his guy. Um, you know, we heard from, unfortunately, that was not a training camp that we could attend, right? Because of COVID, but 
you know, <laughs> are we talking down on versatile Pro Bowl alternate game neighbors? I forgot he was a, a Pro Bowl art alternate, man. It's crazy talk. Um, but even Daniel Popper said that Bobby Holly and Denzel Perryman like had these crazy good one-on-one -on -one reps against each other, and Holly and had like multiple wins against Denzel Perryman. So uh again, that's that's something that never made sense to me. And I think he signed he's in the USFL now, I think. Someone tagged us in that. A yeah, weeks he's ago. with the um not it's not Bernard. It's not it's like a B name team. It's Birmingham? clearly not a good sure. That sounds about right. <laughs> like Binghampton or something. Sorry. <laughs> that was a I have no idea. Tyler, did you tweet out a picture of a chocolate donut earlier? Okay, so yeah, I tweeted out a chocolate <laughs> donut because it looked like uh, a the, the the donut that we had that we got from Randy's donuts, a bunch of assorted donuts. The chocolate, the big chocolate donut looked like a dong. And so when they put up the hype video of Khalil Mack, it looked like a very, you know, happy uh, human being. And I was like, that's how happy I am. But then some people took offense to it and I deleted it. <laughs> the end. That hype video was crazy, though, man. It, it was it was awesome. So um, I guess we can talk about, you know, Khalil Mack's introductory press conference today. Had a couple fun nuggets in there, um, of course, confirming or at least semi-confirming what we had heard is that uh, Jay Rogers is going back to coaching the defensive tackles. We talked about this on last show. Um, and Giff Smith will be coaching the outside linebackers. So um, that was a fun takeaway. I, I did think it was really funny when he kind of was asked about, like, his expectations for the year. Okay, so Bobby Holly is now on the Birmingham Stallions. Shout out Thomas Martinez. Um, but I, I did think it was funny when he acknowledged that he – is aware of like the narratives surrounding him that he's kind of washed, that he's too injured, that he's got like all these things going on. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to bet on myself every day. So I'm really excited about this man. Um, also need that sweatshirt to be made available ASAP. That thing is fire. Um, but I'm really excited to see what Khalil is going to do for this team. And as super dude points out in the chat, he's all business, man. And, um, I think he's super motivated to come in and prove people wrong and, you know, be a great addition to this team and really kind of a tone setter that the defensive line really needed. Like, I, I love Joey Bosa and everything like that. I don't necessarily think he's like a tone setter. And I think Khalil Mack is going to be that for the Chargers. It's just fantastic. And even the injury concerns, the Chargers did such a good job of getting their players healthy by the end of the year. And they play in Los Angeles, not in Chicago. And all that's going to be so good for them. The Khalil Mack um, press conference, we have two of the best edge rushes in the league. And boy, they act like the most calm, chill dudes. <laughs> like Joey Bose is kind of like goofy. Khalil Mack's like, I don't like to talk all that much. And they're going to be the two best edge rushers in the league next year, or two of them at least. It's crazy. Like I, I love listening to him talk because he's just a presence, even though he's quiet. And you know on the field he's going to tear it up. We did a... A film or Gavino did a film breakdown yesterday that I got to basically just watch and just watching him be able to do everything, he, any different variety of pass rush moves, but also win against the run. Just a fantastic player. It's it's something, you know, a Chen and Wilson would just never have reached that point. He, he just yeah. wouldn't have very good ascending player, but he never would have reached that point. So I can't wait to see what he does when he's healthy with Joey Bosa, with Brandon Staley, half with Gibb Smith, half 
Jade Rogers. It sounded like it was a mix more than just a one position coach thing. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But I, I'm just very, very happy that he's on the team, obviously. Yeah, my, my favorite part with the Mac thing is like, I feel like the Raiders fans, like, I feel like when they traded him away, like, they they also loved him. Like, they were like, oh, you know, Khalil's still our guy and all that. Now he's with the Chargers. Like, the whole narrative is flipped. Like, he's washed. He's not the same player he used to be. You know, even yeah. though he's, like, his numbers, his PFF grade, his PFF war have been in the top six, top eight for the past, like, eight years, except the one year he got hurt. Another funny like narrative is going to be like the bet who's the best edge rusher, like edge rushing duo in the NFL. You have Bosa and Mac, and then now you have Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. And like, I mean, I would think Bosa and Mac are better. I mean, both of them are pretty much top five guys at their position, and Crosby and Jones are like top 10, top 15. That's just me, but uh, a lot of fun narratives. Um, a lot of fun narratives with the um, with the Mac uh, signing and like I really do like how he's a humble guy like that it kind of goes along yeah. with like Herbert and, and Bosa and like a lot of other people on the team. Yeah, we um, we we do have a guilty as charged group me for our Patreon supporters, and uh, Kevin Kernick was having some fun because I guess one of the one of the former Raiders players a couple of weeks ago after the tra- after the Klunak trade went down. He was like, I'll still take Max and Yannick any day. And then Yannick gets traded to the Colts like a week later. So yeah. that was really funny too. Like there, there's just no way. I, I think Max and, and Chandler Jones can make it interesting. Um, I mean, Chandler is one of the most underrated players of our generation. And and I think, you know, him getting a running mate like Crosby is going to be really uh, good for his career too. So, um, you know, I think he's borderline on the Hall of Fame in terms of his statistics right now. Um, so that's going to be interesting to watch and kind of, uh, circling back to the right tackle thing. But, um, you know, I think, you know, I was watching some Sebastian Joseph day film last night and, you know, we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but I mean, now you have Joseph day and Austin Johnson and, and Joey's good against the run and, and Khalil Mack is good against the run. And it really has become like a very underrated part of trading for Khalil Mack is what this is going to do for uh the run defense and I, I happen to see you know next gen stats tweeted out that the difference between the bears run defense when he was on and off the field last year was almost like a full yard and a half very similar to like what justin jones was doing for the chargers so now you have all of these guys up front who can control the line of scrimmage and set the edge and get tackles for loss like i think it's it really is just going to be a very well-rounded trade as Khalil said today is like I, I'm aiming to be a complete player again and get back to what you know his his form was uh before he got injured yeah it, it's nasty and even if like they did focus more on run stuffers on the interior like Austin Johnson's bashing Joseph Day they can get it after the pass sure but those guys are stopping the run first and foremost and yeah it's okay because then you got Khalil Mack and who's yeah who can play the run but you can find your pass rush there like you you want to have interior push Sure, I'm sure they will find ways to blitz Murray, Tranquil, and all that like they've done before. And again, Austin Johnson was top 10 in pass rush win rate or whatever it was, or pressures or sacks or whatever it was among our free agents. So, and he can get it. But even if they, they're focusing on the run, sure, but they got Kalim back to also supplement the pass as well, or the pass rush. So they're set up, man. It's a crazy group. Um, and I, like I said, I tweeted out, I think they're done. Like to me, this group is kind of, they're they're stuck. I think they're stuck with the interior guys that they have edge rusher three. I think they have to get 
Um, I, I really think they're, they're the five guys on the interior are kind of set. I don't know what else they can do other than bring in a seventh round pick who competes with Joe Gaziano, which could happen. You know, Cortez Brown was a seventh round pick and they could do that. But I think they're kind of stuck with the five guys they have. And at least as far as four of them go with, you know, the three starters in Fajoko, I'm OK with that. Gaziano, I think, could be replaced a little bit, but I sort of like the group that they have. So you mean stuck like financially? Basically, yeah. Like, like they don't have they don't have that second. They're stuck probably drafting tackle and at 17 at this point. You got to find edge three, which you you, know, you can't take nose tackle before that. Probably going to get a, a legit wide receiver three. Might need a right guard. All these other things. Like it's going to be like a day a day three seventh round undrafted free agent guy. Like they're kind of stuck. So I think that the guys that they have are the guys that they're they're stuck with, and and four of them I feel pretty good about. You know, I, in terms of stopping the run, one hundred percent. I think you're you're looking at the two additions and Brain Fajoko. Like that's a legitimate run stopping unit and. One of the things that I really liked watching yesterday was, you know, the, the I don't know if Staley did this really as much uh, with the Rams, but Raheem Morris would kind of put a, a jumbo package out there at times where we'd have essentially four defensive tackles and then um, Leonard Floyd as the, the fifth defensive lineman. So that's going to be interesting to see if the Chargers can kind of do something similar there with, with the guys they have. But I, I think with Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, and Brain Fajoko, who we know kind of was training for uh, being a, a rotational piece across the line. Like all three of those guys can play nose, one, three tech, four eye. And so that gives them a good amount of versatility. I, I think they can absolutely draft somebody. You know, I, I, I'm not saying they'll do it in the first round, but, you know, in the third round, if like a Josh Pascal is there or a Matthew Butler or something like that. I think that could make some sense, uh, as Chris B points out. I think Justin Jones at this point might be a possibility, you know, just based off of how the interior defensive line market has been kind of painting out. But that really, like, financially wise, I, I can definitely see what you're saying. And Justin Jones is probably the only, like, roster, like, free agency addition that they can make at this position. But, I mean, if they wanted to go get a Akeem Hicks, I think <laughs> I would not be opposed there still. Yeah, or just get a right tackle. It sucks because there's so many things I think they can do, but it's like, yeah, holy crap, right tackle is so bad right now. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely still holes I think they need to fill. But um, I mean, I, I'm interested to see how the how the next two days play out until the weekend. I mean, that's when a majority of the deals are going to go down, and like there are some some Chargers free agents still left to resign and bring sure. back. Obviously, with Ibushi being kind of like the headliner since. Everyone's kind of penciled him in as the right guard for next year, so kind of need to get need to get that taken care of. But you know, I th I, I I tweeted about it today. Like I don't, I actually am not as opposed to a Joey Bosa restructure as I was, even though like I still think they have space to make the moves they want to make. If they restructure, say eight to ten mil, that free up about six, like five to six mil in cap space this year. So that would take care of two contracts or three, maybe depending on like how much how much depth they want to get. Um, uh, Craig brought up a really good. I like. I really think like Matt Ioannidis could be like the the final like like the final oh, like man. crystal for for Thanos's like the glove. <laughs> like that would be a great way to end. Um, that would be a great. Way. And I think he's better than Jones. And he like he played. He has less volume on that Washington D line. I mean. That would be that would be really fun to get. And Daniel Popper pointed out that after 
the game against Washington in week one, Brandon Staley had some uh, really strong praise for, for Matt Ioannidis too. So he was somebody I mentioned as a potential cut candidate they could target, you know, a couple uh, months ago when I did um, that whole thing. But, you know, I would not be opposed. And if it's the same cost as Justin Jones, then like by all means, I think you can't really go wrong either way there. But I, my point being is that the Chargers do need like another – four I three tech kind of pass rushing kind of player besides just Jerry Tillery. Like, uh, you know, who, who could certainly, you know, kind of see a, a bump in, in production with these guys along the defensive line, but they do need another body to rush the passer along the defensive line. And Sebastian Joseph day and Austin Johnson can do it, but mm-hmm. it's obviously not their forte. I think you kind of want them focusing on, on stopping the run. And, and real quick before, uh, before you move on to another topic, I, I mean, look, people have been asking about bringing Kaiser White, like Kaiser White back on here and like on Twitter without giving too much away. I'll say this, like the linebacker market is like really weird right now because Alua Khan got 15 mil from the Jags, but the Jags kind of just overpaid for everyone or like they had to overpay because like no one really wants to go play for Jacksonville. So like, like teams aren't really like taking Jacksonville's contracts into their projections and like their contracts that they're drawing up. So now, right, we see the linebacker contracts on the market. You got Miles Jack for two years, eight mil. Devondre Campbell, who pretty much had an all pro year go for only 10 mil, right? Josie Jewell, who missed pretty much the entire 2021, only get 5.5 a year. Jordan Hicks, I think that's six. So like realistically, the market for Kaiser right now, if we were to bring him back, would be a one year deal. And it'd be something like one year, 5.5, one year, six. I don't know what his situation is. Like, I don't know what, you know, what's going on with him. But, um, you know, based on what the market is speaking about right now, it's really going to be a one or two year deal. So I, I hope that answers your question. And again, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, have to be discreet about it. Yeah, I mean... I think you're not really chance. being that discreet, Arjun. <laughs> like, I kind of know what you're doing here, but <laughs> well, I think the linebacker market, like Arjun is saying, is is kind of stuck right now too because Wagner. Everybody's kind of waiting for to see what Wagner does, and I, I am completely against the addition of Bobby Wagner. Like, I it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, he he's never played in like a Staley Vangio tree. There's no coaching connections. There's no incentive for him to go to the Chargers in terms of his unless he's like really unless winning is the priority obviously but you know it it seems like he is going to want to you know go to a place where he has connections to a place where he can kind of stick it to the seahawks and he's also going to be really expensive like it just it does not make any sense for this team to go after an expensive linebacker and like i tweeted out this morning i I think in general you have like you, you obviously have two goals in free agency right like upgrade your roster and if you can do it you get younger so you know, what's, what really is the difference between Bobby Wagner and Kaiser White right now? Like there really isn't one in terms of production and on-field play. Kaiser obviously has the scheme familiarity. So I don't see Bobby Wagner being a fit at all. I would just rather like Arjun saying, take that one year flyer contract, if you will, or prove it deal for Kaiser White or, or kind of what happens there. But uh, unless it's Kaiser, I don't really see them making a free agent linebacker edition. I know that Danny Trevathan was released mm-hmm. today. I know that Nick, Kwiatkowski or however you say it was released today, but I just don't see it, man. Like, I think they're going to attack that position through the draft again, maybe add some competition that way. But 
they want to see what they have in Kenneth Murray. They like Drew Tranquil. They like Eamon Ogbong-Omega. They like Nick Neiman. I just don't see a free agent linebacker coming here. Yeah, no, me neither. Again, it would it would have to be, if it were one of those linebackers from the Bears, it would have to be extremely cheap. And Staley would have to be like, I need that guy. He's going to play over Tranquil. I have to have this guy. Sure. I can't work without it. Because otherwise, I just don't see it. And I don't see Staley doing it. Like, I don't see him saying that. I don't see Telesco being able to find a way to get a guy for that cheap. Um, for some reason, Eamon Ogbomba's name kept, keeps getting brought up. Like, I think they're legitimately happy they with the four they have. The two starters, they love Eamon. People, are, anyone you talk to, your interview with, with the Daniel Popper, his name gets brought up all the time. I don't know what it is. No offense to him or anything, but like, it's not like he played a ton. So they're seeing something there in him that we just don't get to see right now, but they're really happy with him. Um, yeah, Kaiser, the, the, the whole situation is so weird because you, you see that the first big contract, $15 million for a linebacker who basically had the Jaguar same screwed everything up, man. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was like, you know, okay, maybe the linebackers market's going to be a little bit, you know, higher, but then it's like, oh, Christian Kirk, oh, this guy, oh, Scherf, you know, all these guys got like 20% higher than they should have or whatever. Um, it's interesting because the chargers you know we, we've at least uh what's the word revealed as much the chargers do have interest in bringing him back but i'm curious what like their budget would be for someone like kaiser white and if it's dropping to as low and as short of a deal as arjun is saying like we're getting to the point where this thing was very unrealistic before but if his market is that bad and they're not finding ways to get him signed elsewhere him being his agent or whoever is in charge because um i don't know like there's a chance that he comes back because he said that if he were playing in the wild card game he'd be back to full snaps it was just a one-off thing in, in week 18 now that could have changed because that shouldn't have been a one-off thing to begin with so right. the odds of it being another thing the next week i could see it happening again but the fact that he could the market is, is going down for him he it could be going from a three-year, eight million dollar deal to a one-year, you know, six or something like that, you know, or, or two years, you know, fifteen or whatever it is. Like, there's something there. Like, I think there's I, again. I didn't think he actually freaking had a shot at coming back. And again, like nobody expects him to. But it's getting to the point where he's going to be running out of options, running out of contracts. He might as well kind of run it back for himself, bet on himself again put up another 150 tackles or whatever, and then get ditched by the Chargers again. <laughs> Gosh. And uh, again, to be clear, like everybody keeps on tweeting at Tyler, like how dumb it seems that they are, are potentially not bringing Kaiser back. And it's like, we agree. Yes, we are yes, on stop board telling with that, me that. <laughs> It's so we, annoying. It's like, that's so stupid, Tyler. I'm like, it's not my thing. I'm not paying him. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like we... <laughs> We are on board with with Kaiser White coming back, and I I would have been happy giving him an extension and and him being priority number two behind Mike Williams. Like I've I've said that several times, but I just think that the Chargers really like the other four players that they have, and you know, like it or not, they have to see what they have in Kenneth Murray full time. And you know, Daniel Popper pointed out he he had like three ankle injuries last year, so I'm sure that affected his play. So, um. I don't know if he's able to bounce back. Great. I'm just not expecting it. So um, circling back here, because we were talking about Matt Ioannidis. So I went and looked at his numbers and they're really freaking good, man. <laughs> like really good. <laughs> 
This man had 34 total pressures last year, five sacks, and a pass rush win rate of 12.4, which was right behind Quinnen Williams uh, and Deron Payne, his teammate. It was 25th highest in the league among defensive tackles with 20% uh, percent of their pass rush reps, significantly higher in every category than Justin Jones was. Just throwing that out there. I can't even tell you how happy it would be for me to either – I mean, depth would be cool, sure. But to be able to push Tillery off the like roster entirely <laughs> as a starter, like you know how much better like things could possibly be. So, okay, how's this run defense? Like, are there any? You know, uh, I just or... exited, but um, okay. Let me pull it back up. Keep blotting. Yeah, finish your. Because like not having to. Sp- okay, let's say you sign him and you don't have to spend your third or fourth round pick on a defensive tackle. Now Jerry Tillery is your pass rusher three oh my god that'd be so nice your, e- that's, your that's ideal really nice. your ideal four pretty much is what jerry tillery's role be. yeah and that would be great and you use him on stunts if needed twist whatever you got to do <laughs> you know um block some field goals and uh you know all that good stuff you have any of the numbers right. in front of you yeah so uh run stops Scrolling down, he's not in the top 50 in run stops. What we'll just rate? Yeah, yeah, I'm just looking. Hold on. It's All right, there we go. go. So he was 54th in the league in run stops with 16. His run stop percentage was 7%. So that's better see. than Jerry Tillery at 4.7, I think. Yeah. Uh, Is he his... in the top 75 or 100? Yeah. So his, his 7% run stop is. 70th in the league that's 52 higher than jerry tillery I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so that's almost you just doubled fantastic so he would be a, a legitimate upgrade and so i don't know man like i think they could certainly sign another player there if they really wanted to and then just completely you know overhaul your defensive line group and just wreck shit but um i don't know we'll see so um we'll take some questions here we'll, we'll mention some players we want to see signed really quickly uh, so if you have any questions, let us know in the chat. Uh, use the super chat feature if you do feel so inclined. We always really appreciate that. So, Arjun, uh, two players you want to see the Chargers sign over the next uh, couple days? Um, so I'll take I'll take the freebie. I'm gonna take Odeobushi. Need to see him back in in Chargers powder blue. Um, and then Cordero Patterson. I really want to see. Like RB two is still a big need. And yeah. you would fill RB2, kicker returner, punt returner, and then you don't have to worry about Roberts either, who probably has a decent market um, like later next week. Yeah, coming off the highs of all these excellent big moves, I'm realizing that there's a bunch of crap on this roster that needs to get figured out. <laughs> yeah. Like the other 20 other positions, some of them starters, um, but whatever. Okay, so as far as two signings that I would want, you didn't ask me, but I'm assuming that was the next thing um geez i mean i'm praying for dennis kelly at this point like that's a million and a half dollars you gotta spend it you have to do something i don't care if you're confident in trey pipkins storm norton is terrible he's not good backup i'm sorry everyone says that he's good depth no being the second worst in the league at something is not good depth like jerry tillery is, is would be good depth but at least he can kind of rush the passer storm norton kind of. is a bad awful starter as a pass blocker, unfortunately, like I feel bad, 
but he gave up 60 pressures and nine sacks and got absolutely destroyed in that final game. And that's part of the reason they lost so many games. Sorry, Storm. You're welcome on the show anytime. But <laughs> I guess, like, just, like, that's not good depth. Bad, bad player is not good depth. Yeah. Um, so Dennis Kelly, fine. Like, just check that box for me. I don't want to see them have to go to 17 and go after, you know, again, Bernard Raymond, Daniel Falele, um, Darren Kennard. You know, I like, I just, I like these guys. Not at 17. That's ridiculous. Uh, of course, if they trade back, that'd be great. Um, I mean, yeah, Ode Abushi seems like an easy one, and it is. But, but Ode Abushi, like, what are we doing? You know, yeah. get this thing done. I guess fine. You know, okay. Like he got, you know, Anderson took a whole week for him to get re-signed next last year. But like Questenberry has gone. I don't know why our guard or centers backup guys end up going to the Texans for whatever reason. I think it was Cole Turner Toner last year. But I need a bougie back. Like they can't let a guy who's going to cost a million and a half dollars, who's top 20 at his position pretty easily to walk out the door. Like that's just it's right there. And I hope they don't blow it. I really hope they don't. Does the vet minimum go up if you re-sign with a team? It it doesn't matter. It's based on accrued years. So like, okay, it doesn't matter if you leave or re-sign. It's like three to five is the same than six plus and seven plus and eight plus. So if he was 1.5 last year, then that would be increased this year? Abushi? Yeah uh so last year was probably like seventh or something right he's probably like i think it was year nine oh okay yeah he might be like a little bit higher he might be like 1.8 or like still it's it's not a ton it's worth curious yeah yeah, it's worth no i think that uh definitely is is something that needs to happen I, i wish it wouldn't have already happened you know, he wants to stick around and he wants to be on this team. And he, he really likes Sean Surratt and he really likes being with these guys. So um, I think that needs to happen. I, I think one of the signings that I want to see happen in the next couple of days, too, is, is that edge three spot. Um, you know, I don't think that Chris Rumpf is is ready for that. And I don't think that a rookie would be ready for that. So um, I think getting somebody like a Lorenzo Carter, who Staley spoke very highly of, um, he might be a little too costly at this point, kind of, if, you know, especially if they're going after a right tackle potentially. Um, but he's not exactly going to be super expensive. And then uh, Tack McKinley would be my other choice there. Somebody that had a really high pass rush win rate for the Cleveland Browns, I think was like 17%, uh, really effective as like a third edge rusher. So one of those two. Nice. Um, there's another name that I think is on the, that could potentially make sense for right tackle. Um, and that's Tyro Crosby. I know he had the mm. back injury that kept him out all of last year, but he had two oh. really good seasons uh, before that. I know, I know. But th- this is where I'm at with the right tackle, man. Like, I think true, like true. The, poten- the potential of signing Tyro Crosby and it working out means that you have like a good, you know, at least average starter at right tackle and potentially could be, you know, here for one or two seasons. I think if you are talking yourself into Dennis Kelly, like I'm not throwing shade or anything like that, but he's never been a starter. So I, I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable with Tyrell Crosby. Uh, of course, really good friends with Justin Herbert as well. So I don't know, just throwing that one out there. I do think ultimately it will be Kelly or Billy Turner. Fine. Just check, just check the box at this point. <laughs> I think Storm is fine as like OT4, but definitely not as a swing tackle, definitely not as a starter. 
OT4 is completely fine because that's OT goodbye and by August. Because <laughs> he's not he's not holding a spot over Trey Pipkins. Super chat uh, from Adrian. Sorry, you're the host. Go ahead. Uh, so his question is: Why not trade back and draft a starter into your lineman like Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green? I think that's fine processing. That just probably means that you're losing O'Day. So uh, you could certainly kind of bring him in for competition. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think if you're drafting it into your guy, that means you are planning on O'Day not being back. Give me is, is Kenyon Green just completely out of everyone's radar as a tackle at this point? Because his his left tackle tape versus Alabama was my favorite game of his. I know it was so. really good, man. It was. Um I think he could play right tackle. He's got the length, he's got the size, he's got the athleticism. I would certainly rather take a chance on that than Bernard Raymond, but it's it does sound like you know Brandon Thorne, Duke Manning, whether all these guys uh feel like his best position is at guard. Uh he did start the season for AM at guard for what it's worth, but mm-hmm. like again, I wouldn't be opposed there. I it does seem like Zion Johnson is kind of the OG one, like he's considered the best guard at this point. Um, I haven't been able to grade him, but I'm a fan of either of these players. I just don't know really what the solution is here. Cause then you have a rookie who's probably not going to be better than O'Day. And then you have a right tackle, cheap veteran signing. So yeah, I don't know. I- I'm a little conflicted on this one. Okay, over under 25%. Kyler Fackle is actually their edge three. Uh under. Under. And I I don't I don't see why they would do it. He didn't really do anything this year, if I'm being completely honest. But then what what they gotta spend the money or they have to spend the draft capital. I, I'm just saying, like they have to be they have to budget somewhere. Yeah. I feel like a friendly is coming back. So Cook, Fackerel, um, who else could be coming back? That's kind of a cheap option. Jones. Did you mention? Jones, yeah. Arjun, you mentioned the uh, Cornelius Lucas, apparently, someone was saying. Yeah, it was under Tyler's, like, who is some surprising player that the chart, no one's linked to the Chargers that will eventually be a, a Charger. And I was like, Cornelius Lucas for right tackle. Who wouldn't be the worst option? I mean, he's, he hasn't really, like, started consistently like he's been a swing tackle but like he's graded out pretty good and you know washington washington's offense alignment aren't anything to like talk crap about you know yeah i mean <laughs> i keep on coming back to this it's hard to be worse than storm norton i don't think you can be <laughs> <laughs> um no offense no offense to storm yeah Thomas thinks that Bernard Raymond won't go in the top 50. I wouldn't be surprised by that, but it does seem like there's <laughs> a good enough amount of buzz around him that he will be, you know, an, a late first, early second round pick. I, yeah, I think he'll end up being, not that everyone gives a shit, a top 50 player on my board. I'm, I'm fairly positive about that. Unless I, I love this corner safety linebacker group, but. Yeah, uh, first round. I don't know, man. It's so tough to figure out because they, the league, just if, if Penning is going top ten, and the other three tackles go top ten, yeah, like it's it's Raymond. That's it. Like that's the next guy. So man, 
SoCal slime Bernard is this year's Trey Smith. The only reason Trey Smith fell in the draft is because he had the blood clot issues. Like his yeah. his tape, his traits were both oh, yeah. first round, like first round stuff. It's just that people were really, you know, overthinking the the blood clot thing. So um, I don't know. That's gonna be an interesting thing to watch there. But um, why Newman with the super chat? Uh guys be optimistic. We are signing Armstead, Patterson, and Wagner. Um <laughs> I tend to say I'd rather be optimistic and wrong and pessimistic and right, but I avoid trying to be uh, this. whatever this is. Yeah, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is. So. Patterson, there's certainly a chance there, right? Like there's there's enough connections, there's a need, there's a good enough role. Like absolutely, I could see that still happening. Uh, Teron Armstead is a left tackle. He's an elite left tackle, and he's going to get absolutely paid like an elite left tackle. So. Um, not not happening. Chargers already have their lead tackle, left tackle. They do not need another one. And our, Teron Armstead is not switching positions for any kind of move like that. So uh, Armstead, no. Wagner, no. Patterson, maybe. Depends. Uh, there's nothing happening. I, I Something think needs this to happen also... on a live stream again. Huh? Something needs to happen on our live stream again. I know. We need a breaking news thing again. Um, any chance at Jermaine Johnson at 17, Chorizo Compapas? Um, I mean, you never know, right? But Jermaine Johnson is getting like top five hype at this point. Um, and I think it's deservedly so. So like this pass rushing class, I think it's just going to come down to like which flavor these teams want. But if we see, you know, Hutchinson's obviously going to be probably the first pick at this point. That's kind of where that's trending just based off of what the Jaguars have done. Uh, I still think Kayvon Thibodeau goes top 10. And then at least one of Trevon Walker and Jermaine Johnson are also going top 10. And I think the other one probably does too. So I think there's a really good chance that we see four of these edge rushers go in the top 10. Um, it seems kind of like the league is lower on David Ojabo than the consensus on social media is. So Ojabo is the one that has the chance to be there at 17, not Jermaine Johnson, in my opinion. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson, unlike Trevor Penning, to me, is justified in his top 10. Absolutely. Like, is, is it probably a reach still at that point? Yeah, but like he's arguably at least top three at his position group, whereas Penning you know, is jockeying for four at best. So, um, yeah, J Jermaine Johnson at 17, I don't think is going to happen at this point. I don't see them going edge I, I almost see like them going for more of Ojabo at 17 than Jermaine Johnson even though I like Johnson more I just feel like I don't know they kind of want that more twitchy project at this point man some people are asking about players like Chris Harris Jr. being released he's not on the team uh, Okoron Texans. Okoronko is on a different team under the Texans. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Lots of questions about running back, Ronald Jones, the Saquon Barkley thing. That's absolutely not happening. Um, <laughs> I mentioned Marlon Mack, so you know, I, I think there's I think there's a decent chance that they're that they do sign a running back. Um I, I don't know. Ronald Jones coming back here. Tampa ran so many gap and power schemes. I don't really know if that's a scheme fit. 
Um, and, I, and Ronald Jones just kind of doesn't just doesn't do it for me, man. I don't, I don't know what it is there. I've never really been like a huge fan. It's because he can't catch. <laughs> um, but if he has if he has positive yards last year, that's still more than Larry Roundtree. <laughs> I wish I could share that conversation I had today with that uh, individual about Larry Roundtree. Oh man. yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think ultimately the Chargers probably draft a running back. I, I could see them taking yeah. a chance on somebody like Marlon Mack. And like I said, you, you know, maybe Cordero Patterson is in play, but, um, you know, I, I think somebody like a Damian Pierce, for example, would be on their board or like a Jerome Ford from Cincinnati, stuff like that. Yeah. Like you guys are the draft guys. I, I I'll stick to my contracts and, and free agency. So, so. <laughs> You're uh, very so, good at that. Arjun Raheem Mostert signed with the dolphins, by the way. Expected. That might've been like, yeah. like the freebie on the bingo sheet. You know, it was only a one year, $3 million deal. I mean, he was hurt a lot. So yeah, that seems fine. I guess. I don't know, can we just go back to the old undrafted free agent outperforms draft pick thing that we've been doing in the Telesco era? Like, let's just get back to that. Let's find the Newsom, the Oliver, the yeah. who's the other goal? Eckler, obviously. Let's go find those guys. But we have no seventh round picks. <laughs> yeah, we have four seventh round picks to mess with. They can find a running back with one of those. Can they? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I feel like this. I feel like this running back class is good enough where they can they can find somebody. Just like spin a board and throw a dart, and then there's your there's your guy. It's hard to be worse than what we have with Larry Roundtree and Josh Kelly last year. Yeah, I'm gonna have my dog just pick out of a basket of cards, and just whatever that one is <laughs> is, is probably gonna be better than Roundtree. Why why do people think that Melvin Gordon is coming back? I've seen this comment. I've seen people tweet about it. The Chargers aren't doing that. There's no way Melvin Gordon would come back here, and that just should not happen at all. I don't get it. Might as well just have Eric Weddle come back and play death. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay, one player I don't want to see back outside of Chris Harris Jr., no offense, Chris, great career. Ty Long, just upgrade. find an upgraded punter. Yeah. There's this really Mm -hmm. fun uh, Twitter page called Puntalytics. Which is like punt analytics. They did like some really funny thread today about like tiers of punters. Ty Long was the lowest tier by himself, <laughs> and he his tier was like tender only because it's the Chargers. So dang, that's well, you know, they didn't they didn't tender him. So yeah, that's so, good news. Well, they only did it for free agents, so obviously, like you know, he's uh, what he's free agent right now. But you just not good, not good. Uh, yeah, someone, Juan Newman, brings up uh, Hecker, who's supposedly going to be released by the Rams. Uh, looked up his stats. Not that I know anything about punting, but they're basically just tie longs basically and sometimes worse. Thing. It's yeah. might as well be the same thing. Like, unless he's somehow a better holder, it's, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Apparently, Ty Long is a fantastic holder. So, <laughs> and is he like, <laughs> are we sure? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Thomas Martinez said that NFL Rums is the person. There it is. Listen, do not follow this account. If you are following NFL Rums, do not follow him. He just throws random shit. Or her. 
or her. Or her. I don't know if it's her. No, only a guy's <laughs> that stupid. But he's, he yeah. said that the Chargers were going to go after Zach Ertz, too. Like, hello. Unfollow that person. Everything. Block that person. Don't waste your time. Jeez. Yeah, no, he's... Then again, he has like 30,000 followers, so maybe we're I know, all doing the so wrong thing dumb. over here. It's so dumb. He never credits people either. Yeah. Well, that but. sounds like half of our Chargers YouTube. Ah, <laughs> 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 Arjun. <laughs> you don't have to do this. All right. Well, I feel like that's a good spot to stop. So uh, we'll see if the Chargers make any kind of moves over the next couple of days. So um, if they do make anything big, we will, uh, of course, have an emergency podcast and, and let you guys know. But um, until then, we'll probably go live on Saturday as well, maybe do a Q&A. So stay tuned for that one. Um, as always, if you are listening to the audio version of this, please leave us a rating or a view. If you are watching this, please, uh, when you're done watching, like the video, leave us a comment, subscribe to the channel. We uh, had a good amount of uh, new subscribers to the channel because of the JC Jackson giveaway we are doing. So uh, if you missed that, then uh, go check that out on our Twitter page. Just scroll down. Uh, I'm sure enough people have retweeted it for you to find. Uh, And then anyone who is interested in uh, joining our March Madness Challenge through Patreon, uh, please go check that out. The link to our Patreon page is in the description of this video. Lots of uh, good ways to uh, interact with us there. And we are doing a Mac jersey giveaway for whoever wins our uh, March Madness Challenge. So uh, go enter that one. So uh, Tyler Arjun, thanks for joining me. Next time, Alex will be, will be back as well. And uh, we're going to have some fun with it. So that's going to do it for us today, guys. We'll see you next time. And as always, bolt up. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com